Hi, my name is Alba. My story started when um, one summer, it was the year 2000, and um, I ended up having an, a, a, an hepatitis, and it was an emergency surgery. Everything was going very fast, and I was, you know, being prepped for the surgery. And a um, nurse asked me, are you allergic to Cipro? And I said, I, I, I don't think so. I don't know what it is. So the IV began, and I started to um, feel funny about that. And I told the nurse, anyone else that would hear me along the way, I, I think something is wrong. I think I may be having a reaction to the Cipro. And the last thing I know is that the OR room, the doctor told the doctor, and he said, don't worry, honey, you'll be sleeping soon, and you'll feel nothing more. And just like you said, I went into sleep. And um, also, one of my big problems in life, I'm very claustrophobic. That's, that's a big ticket there. Anyway, next thing I know, my name is being called by the, doc the, the doctors, and they were call calling when I pretty loud, Alba Breeze. And uh, all of a sudden, I heard cold blue, cold blue. And then I, I remember opening my eyes because I got shocked to hear that. And I opened my eyes, and I tried to breathe. And I really didn't see anything except I was not breathing. And that caused me to sit right up in the operating table. I sat right up. And as the room got crowded, I, I remember just getting off the OR table and walking to the far end with the wall and standing there the whole time, not realizing that this was my spirit, not me. And I was still thinking very much like a human. And I'm watching this almost clownish, crazy stuff going in that room and started with the the team coming in, the cold blue team coming in there and trying to take over everything. And a nurse came over and knocked over the instrument tray. And um, the doctor started yelling at her, picked that up. And, you know, she began crying and still he, he was upset yelling at her. And then uh, another person walked in the OR room and tripped over the girl that's picking up the instrument tray off the off the ground and I'm watching this going on from the from the wall and it all seemed comical to me at that point I decided to look down to see what I could see I looked I was standing so I looked down my wet toe my legs and my legs looked like and I said oh that's interesting I I no longer hear the doctors and the, the commotion but so I could still see the commotion going on for a while and then uh, I noticed I could see my husband, and I'm wondering, how could I see my husband? He seems he's in a different room. And, and when my attention was drawn back to the room I was in, I was no longer anywhere. And I mean, I was nowhere. I was just in this very dark sky place. It's just very dark, and it was very cozy. No fear. I remember seeing, I remember saying to myself, one do I what I look like. And in that thought, I could see I look like a orb shape misshaped kind of and light going through it like blues and golds. And I was like very fascinated by that. And at that time, I was being made aware at that in that space that I was in about 
humans, humans are love. They are love themselves. And the whole world is but love. And, and I remember thinking, boy, at the same time being told this, I'm thinking, I am not afraid. There's nothing here to be afraid of. It's so peaceful here. Amazing peace. I never felt that in my whole life. And then I realized I had no pain. There was absolutely no pain in my body, and I was in excruciating pain not too long ago. And I was being very, I didn't believe that I had the capacity to love people. My life was very challenging since I was a little girl. I was in a hospital for three years where my family never visited. I, when I was finally released back to their care, they, they, they were shocked to see that I couldn't understand them talking what were they saying because now they're talking Spanish and I only talk English or understand that after three years of no one seeing me so the capacity to love was always wondered I always felt a cold fish so in, in, that, in that space in that sky or wherever that was the darkness I felt this enormous love for all humanity and that kind of surprised me because I'm kind of a hermit. I'm still a hermit to a big degree. And um, in, that, in that space, I start to wonder after a while, well, where are the angels? And where's the light? And I'm wondering, um, is this going to be like where I'm going to be forever? And at the time, I, I even thought wouldn't be a bad thing. You have no pain. There's no, there's so much peace here, and you're a hermit. You basically have always been alone. So but the Cipro had caused me to stop breathing altogether. And the time was very, to me, very short, except that when I left, I was taken to the ICU room. I had, before that, sorry, um, before that, while I was still in the dark, sky or area that where it could have been the same room I'm not sure but I saw when I was in that dark space I could no longer see the OR room the operating room or anything just complete darkness it was like a velvety soft cushiony place and I really didn't have any fear I don't think I have much fear today of anything anyway but I, well, I was in that space and I was saying, well, where are the angels? Oh, what's my next step? I began to hear my name being called out and it was saying, Alba, brief. And it was, each time it got louder and I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to listen to them. I don't want to go. I'm staying here. And they kept screaming. It got louder each time. And uh, I was determined. I hear people say they slam in their body or they came out of their head or whatever. For me, it was simply when I realized I couldn't breathe, I panicked because I'm very claustrophobic. The next night, then the, that very next day, the, the, the doctor from the cold blue walked into my ICU room and he says, boy, did you cause chaos in that room? And I said, doctor, that's, that was crazy. I said, and, and you were scolding that nurse that knocked over the instrument tray to the floor. And, I, and, and you were very impatient with her. And then that guy that walked in there tripped over the nurse and, and he's looking at me 
staring me at, staring down at me and I'm wondering, okay, what's wrong? And uh, he says, he just says to me, I, I really don't understand how you could know these things happen in that room. And I was like, I, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't know how to answer that either. I said, but that's what I saw. And, it, and, and I remember you yelling at the nurse and maybe you said, so sorry by now. I don't know. He just looked at me and walked out the room. That's about the extent of my near-death experience, really. The experience that I had in the hospital, thinking that I was a co-fish, and I'm a Piscean, so we know to talk about fishes. I'm very, I was never comfortable around people, and people were not comfortable around me either. When they talked to me, they they kind of dismissed me like I was, they were uncomfortable with me. I could sense people's feelings about me. I could sense if they liked me. I could sense if they were not a good person. It's just something that was attached to me. And so what, well, I began living a different life because I knew so existed because they did talk to me in the hospital. So I began to realize that if they're always watching me and what being watching over me, I must behave, you know. I can do what my friends do. I gotta walk straight and narrow. And when I was released from the hospital, a, a day before I was released from the hospital, I saw a little girl and she was talking to me in the hospital and she looked to be 3D. So I started talking to her and the girl in the next bed said, who are you talking to? And I said, the little girl over here. And he, he said, there's nobody there. And that's when I realized that when I was sent home the following day, that she probably was there to say goodbye to me, you know. And so that was strange. I remember that that, that day, like yesterday. To have all these little, little stories, but my life changed, but I was more comfortable with people. I realized that we're all people. And I, and I did have the capacity to love and care for other people, as well as my own children. And that we're all souls. We all here are working with souls. We're not really, we're humans now, but we're gonna, we're all really souls. And so I, I see people like that now. I almost don't see them human-like. And I talk to them, I think about their, their, the, the power that they have as spirit beings, not now, we're all like bumping our heads and going to this craziness. But yeah, that's how I see people most of the time. Always acknowledge them. I used to never look at them because I never, never want them to look at me. I know I would smile, engage in a conversation. And that's something I, I didn't do when I was before I was 50. I didn't do any of that. I began friendly after, I, after my near-death experience and actually having the ability to care for people that I, I thought I didn't have. So that's where it changed. I, I became more freer. I also had real, the reason I came back, I guess, though I did not want to come back. I was supposed to come back when I, I did have a son. And 10 years after me after that incident, my son died. And I it's been very hard to go through that. But I know because of what I went through that I know he's okay, that he's, you know, home and he doesn't have any more of the troubles that we earthlings deal with on a day-to-day -day. and 
that it's a little bit of an open spiritual connection with him. He turns my lights on when I don't want them on or turns the TV off and things. So he's always being playful. So that was about, that was the hardest thing I ever gone through in my life, the loss of my son. And, but I, I know where he's at and I plan to be there someday. I'm surprised that I have, I'm still here waiting for that. I lived a long life and it's still been very challenging for me. And it's always been challenged. Surgery that they did when I was a child was very bad. They fell apart years later and I've gone through many surgeries. Um, been on the receiving end of many blood transfusions and all that. But the thing that keeps me going, even though I have all this pain, is that I know at the end of this experience, something great is going to be waiting. I'm going to experience something great because I've been learning each day to be better each day and to care about and to give what I could give. And I, those are my things. To, you know, if you can help someone out, even though you are broken, you help them if you can. And that makes you feel better about yourself. We're here just to help each other out. And to, uh, I get to evolve, to evolve to a higher frequency. I don't know. It's still very hard for me because I have a lot of pain. But I plan never to have surgery again because I, each time I went, it was a fail, fail surgery. But I'm content because of what I have learned in the and in, in my near-death experience that there is so much love for us and we're very important to the to the world 